Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every episode, that is with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to all of our supporters, specifically all of our students from Buy the Hood University, our MDC strategy group, as well as the youth from the Buy the Hood ownership camp. I'm joined by my partner in crime as always, Corey. Corey, how are you, good brother? Chilling, man. Every day above ground is a good day, so let's go get it. Absolutely. And as you know, our our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work, building businesses, putting out positive energy in the universe and making our folks look good. The sister that we have on with us right now, listen, um, is doing amazing work. I use her services pretty much exclusively at this point. Um, One of my favorite people, because, listen, not only is her business a quality business, but, you know, of course, it's black owned business, but. You know, sometimes we get into this thing when it comes to black owned businesses about complaining. But my thing is, when you find one that does good quality work, we're supposed to scream about it. And, you know, without further ado, I definitely want to bring the founder of Quick Abstract. I want to bring Keisha on. Keisha, how are you? I'm hey. good, Jimmy. Hey, hey, Corey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, listen, so so my thing is, first of all, thank you so much for your time, right? I just want to say we appreciate your time. We know how valuable time is, especially someone as busy as you. So we want to say thank you first and foremost. No problem. Thank you, guys. Listen, and and like I said, um, you know, I'm big on supporting our folks. But when you find someone that has quality business, quality customer service and does overall good work, I think we should scream about that. The same way our folks scream about it, they get like, you know, bad service. We're quick to jump about that. But we need to do just as good a job as talking about the great companies that our folks have founded. Um, You are the founder of Quick Abstract. So, um, again, I want to say I appreciate you for what you've built because you guys have built a tremendous team and organization and you guys do great work. So before we get into your story, just want to say thank you for that. No appreciate problem. It. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you are making, making us good. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for continuing to use our company. Um, you know, you can use a million title companies, but I'm grateful that you continue um, to use us. That means a Always. lot. Always. So listen, let's get into your story, though. Um, let's talk about, you know, um, you are the founder of Quick Abstract, and we're going to get into your story about how that come about. But where are you born and raised? Where are you from? So I'm from West Philadelphia, born and raised, uh, right off of 53rd and Cedar, across from what they used to call Killacordia, but uh, Mercy Hospital now. The 53rd and Cedar was where I grew up in the West Philadelphia area. Okay, so coming up, what kind of student were you? Um, I was a pretty good student. Um, A.B. student. Um, I was into a lot of sports. I played basketball, volleyball. Um, I was very active on student council. Um, I grew up in the Catholic school system. So I went to Lady of the Rosary uh, for grade school. Then I went to West Catholic High School. And then I finished my college education at Villanova University. So I went through Catholic school pretty much my entire life. Full Catholic school. Yeah, yeah, full college experience too, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. And those some great schools, by the way. Those are all great schools. So, right. so yeah. Keisha, Keisha smart. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Uh, my parents. 
Uh-huh. Okay, I'll finish it with you about your parents. Go ahead. So now my parents, you know, growing up in the city, when we grew up, um, public schools in our area were not the greatest. So, you know, they made sure that, you know, we got the best education that we could get. Um, you know, they struggled a little bit, but they were able to, you know, maintain and get all of us through Catholic school. So I'm always going to be grateful to them for that um, because it provided a lot of opportunities that I may not have had. Yeah. Shout out to the parents for making a sacrifice because right. they basically they basically invested in your education. Because like I said, for those that may not be from the Philadelphia area. Those are good schools, and those are expensive schools. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, so I wish it was no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, shout out to your parents for uh, putting you in position to succeed. I mean, that's very important to point out and give them a shout out. Yes, for sure. All right. So, when you were going to Villanova, what were your ideas like? What, what did you want to do? What were you majoring in? So, when I went to Villanova, I wanted to. Um, I went for political science and I had a minor in Japanese and my goal was to become an international lawyer. Um, so that was the path I took and ended up graduating from Villanova, decided that I wanted to go to law school, did a semester at Temple University and I just decided, hey, I'm not ready for law school. It's not for me, but I still wanted to be somewhat in a legal field. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, I ended up doing paralegal work for a title insurance company. And that's kind of how I got into the title insurance business. All right. So I got a couple questions. Yes. Do you speak Japanese? I understand that I can read it. I did speak it 20 years ago um, because that was my minor. Mm -hmm. And university had what you call like a Japanese exchange program. And that allowed us to go over to Japan for six months and actually spend time um, learning the language. You would live with a Japanese family and they spoke Japanese the entire time. Wow. So I know a little bit I can understand it, but it's like if you haven't something for so long, I graduated from Villanova in 2001. So we're talking 21 years Yeah. Um, that I haven't used it. But I can read it a little bit still and understand if I hear it. No, that's... You know, that's just interesting to me. That's just I don't know too many I don't know too many folks that look like me that can um understand Japanese. So I just, yeah. I just found that interesting right there. Yeah. Um, the second so, part is I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I ended up taking Japanese because um, in Villanova, like if you took Spanish in high school or you took French, you had to take the intermediate courses at the college level. And because I took them in high school, once you get to the college level, it's a completely different ball game. So the, the, the curriculum was if you took a language you had never taken, you can start at the beginner's level and eventually work your way up. So Japanese was something that intrigued me. Um, they offered six credits for it, which was unheard of at that time. So I actually got six credits for taking it. And it just ended up being a win-win, um, you know, all around. Yeah. And the other question was, you said you did a year at law school. In that year's time, half have- a, not even half a semester. Once the drop period came, I, I dropped. Oh, you were done with it. Okay. All right. So- <laughs> done, done. Yeah, yeah. I had done so much work at Villanova. And, you know, I felt like I just needed a break. And I came to my parents. I said, listen, I don't think I can do school anymore. Like, it's just, it's not, I'm not passionate about it. I'm ready to get into the work field. So I figured doing the paralegal work still kept me relevant in the legal field in the event that I decided to go back to law school. Um, you know, so I, I went that course. 
Okay, cool. Because I was just getting ready to ask you, did you uh, did you have to take civil procedure? Because I could, because I still have nightmares about that specific class in law school. But oh wow! So Jimmy, yeah. you are you a lawyer? I'm not a lawyer. I did go to law school, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. I'm okay. not with the bar or anything. But you know, so I kind of had my experience too. I was like, I don't want to do this, but right. that's, a, that's a whole other story. But um. Right. With, that, okay. with that being said, though, um, what was it about this specific type of work that intrigued you when you started working in par as a paralegal and you started doing work with title? What was it about it that made it interesting to you? So the one thing that intrigued me about title. that um, So when I applied for the job, I had no idea what a title insurance company was. All I knew was a, it, that it was a paralegal position that I wanted to work in. And I figured, hey, if I become a paralegal, I'll learn the rest. Um, the thing that intrigued me about the title industry, one was that um, there was not a lot of African-American presence in the title world, right? Mm -hmm. So that was one thing that intrigued me. The second thing was that not a lot of people knew what a title company was. Um, you know, some people go to closing and they don't realize the importance of a title company or realize, hey, the people you went and purchased your house from, that was actually a title company. So those things intrigued me. And the more I continue to work in the business, I work different positions. Um, it just, you know, fed my interest and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to do more. Um, where, so eventually I ended up learning every aspect of the business. Yeah. So how long um, that in your journey, how long was it before you started working as a paralegal to when you were able to kind of open up your own shop? What was that process like? Okay. So I worked as a 2001 to 2005 for one title insurance company. Mm -hmm. um, I then went on to work for a larger company in 2008 when the economy went bad, that particular title insurance company closed down. And when they closed down, I had trouble finding a job that would pay me what I was making at that job. So look for a job, and, you know, offers were coming in, but the income just wasn't comparable to what I was making. So I said, listen, why don't I try to do this on my own? So I actually ended up starting a title company. Pick Abstract actually started out as a company that searches for the title companies. Okay. So we started out as a title search company. Um, that went really well. And then a lot of our clients were saying, hey, you should offer the title insurance piece. So that was 2008. By the time 2014-15 hit, um, we added the title insurance piece to it to where we were actually able to do the closings and offer the title insurance as well. Okay, nice. So you had a nice journey. Um, mm -hmm. So if, if, if what do you think is the biggest misconception about the work you do for someone that, I mean, I know a lot of people don't even know what a title company does, but what do you oh, think is the biggest? Wait, let's, let's start there. What does a title company do? I guess, yeah, good point, Cor. Uh, good question. So the title company actually does the background research on the properties or properties that are listed um, in a particular county. So our job is to act as if you want to call like an investigator. We do the background research to make sure that the owner is who they say they are. Uh, we make sure that there, if there are any liens or judgments against the property, that that is disclosed to the buyer and the seller so that we can eventually provide clear title. Um, our job is to make sure that every person that is listed in a chain of title was the actual owner. And then to make sure that once you purchase the property, that you're actually purchasing it from the person and that they are who they say they are. So I like to sum it up as we search, we make sure that it's clear. And then we come to our 
buyer and we say, hey, listen, we're able to offer you title insurance on this property. Okay. So now my a great, great point though, Core. I'm glad you did that. But now what do you think is the biggest misconception or, or misunderstanding that people have about your work? Um, I think our work is underestimated a lot because you just see us at the closing table, right? You see us when we go to settlement and it's time to sign the documents. But what people don't realize is that before we get to that point, sometimes it's a lot of issues with the title. And you have to realize the title company acts as the liaison between the lender, the agents, the wholesalers, the buyer, and the seller. So we're dealing with, on each transaction, we may be dealing with maybe seven to eight people on every transaction. And the title company's job is kind of like to hold everything together because at the end, when we go to the table, the title company is the one that's responsible for ensuring that title. We're the ones that you call if there's an issue with your title post-closing. And we're kind of like the company that sticks around once the transaction has closed and years have gone by. The title company is the company that you're going to eventually have to reach out to at some point. Yeah. Okay. And, so I have, I, have a, I have another question for you. So yes. what does title insurance provide to the buyer and to the seller? So title insurance is, is for the buyer. Right. So let's just say you buy car insurance. Um, your auto insurance protects you against accidents. Title insurance protects you against any defects or any liens or judgments that may come against your title. Right. So if you're about if you're about to buy a property and the property has a twenty thousand dollar gas bill and the property has ten thousand dollars in taxes. Our job as a title company is to a find that information disclose it to the buyer so that we then hold the seller responsible responsible for paying those items off to the table. Once we go to the table and a transaction closes, we then offer the buyer a title insurance policy. So basically that policy ensures you that somebody can't come and knock on your door and say, hey, Jimmy, hey, Corey, I own this property. If that were to happen, your title insurance and again, title insurance is based off your sales price. So naturally, if somebody purchased a property for a million dollars, their premium is a lot higher than someone that purchased a property for $100,000. Um, nonetheless, you still have insurance and our job is to protect your investment um, and make sure that you know those type of things don't happen. Yeah, so I, I wanted you to explain that because that's a very important piece, right? Because you can't have ownership without making sure that, you know, the chain is not broken. That chain of ownership goes to the right person. So yes. I don't want people to underestimate the importance of a title company. Yes, and also with the rising number of fraud cases that are going around, people are still in properties, especially in the city of Philadelphia. You absolutely want to make sure you have a title company that's doing their due diligence to make sure that, you know, the property that you're investing your hard earned money in is actually free and clear. So the last thing you want to do is pay, you know, $50,000 property, not get title insurance and then find out that you didn't have the right seller. Now your money's gone. You don't have a title insurance policy and you're pretty much, screwed. you know, yeah, yeah. screwed. Yeah. So <laughs> well. And that's, that's interesting. I was just talk, trying to help someone today who bought a property, bought it in the streets, quick claim deed, never did title search, and something popped up, a huge right. lien or something from 2002. And I'm like, 
I'm going to tell you, like, you know, but th this happens all the time. So, yeah. um, but also you made another a great point. You guys do a lot of work to even get to the table, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and what I, the thing I'll say about like your organization and, um, you know, shout out to, uh, to Tyrone as well as Justice, because those, yeah. those, those dudes will hound me down. Like, where's this at? Where's <laughs> that? Listen, right. they're so the question I have is this, though, right? You talked about mm -hmm. title, but as, as, as a business owner, how difficult was it to build that culture and build a company of folks that look like us and offer that quality customer service, right? So we're quick to talk about people who don't have it together, but you guys have it together. You guys do excellent work. And when I walk in the office, everybody looks like me. And it's like, it's a sense of pride I get in using you. But how right. difficult was it to, for you to build that over time to where you can do the work that you do at that level with our people? So talk about that journey. Um, so it was really difficult. First of all, you know, we face challenges. Most, a lot of people don't know this, but as a title company, you have to have an underwriter that backs you, right? And most of the time, the underwriters, 99% um, of the underwriters are, you know, not of color. Right. So you always have that barrier and trying to a, prove yourself and prove that your organization is worthy of being a part of a larger scale or a larger underwriter. And with that comes challenges because, um, you know, we deal with distressed properties. We deal with properties where grandma has the house down and there's no title insurance. And a lot of times if you're not willing to do the work to clear that title, that file might not close, right? So quick abstract, we spend a lot of our time handling a lot of those files. One, because we're passionate about our people you know, getting clear title. Um, we know that getting clear title eventually provides the pathway for generational wealth. It then allows you know, us to be able to do other things. So the challenges that, 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 that we have, that I have faced um, in the very beginning just trying to prove myself and say, hey, you know, we're worthy and hey, we're going to be able to do work at a top tier level like a lot of the other larger companies. It was a challenge. But, you know, but with anything, you just keep at it. Um, you continue to prove yourself. You continue to prove transactions where you don't have a lot of claims, right? Because if you get a lot of claims and title insurance, an underwriter may not want to continue to back you. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you just have to do your due diligence and the files going from A to Z, making sure nothing's missed. You dot your I's, you cross your T's. And eventually, once you start to do that, it becomes a habit, it becomes a process. And then the people that come into our office to work for us train them the same way. You know, listen, we have to treat this file as if, you know, this could be our last file, you mm -hmm. know, and just make sure that we're doing our due diligence to make sure that title is clear. Um, and in doing that, it just it has allowed us to grow um, because there were not a lot of people that looked like me when I started in the title industry. I've, I'm always passionate about hiring people because I want to break that that cycle. You know, mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be I shouldn't be in a room full of a thousand, you know, Caucasians and be the only one or two black people in the room. Like yeah. it just has to change. But the only way that changes is if we create opportunities for our people to work in this business, to get to learn a business that actually, and then they actually end up loving it and, and it ends up being a career for them. Okay, I have another question. Which yes. Is, what are the qualifications to do the job? 
So the only qualification on my end is that you have good customer service, um, you enjoy working with people, and I can take the rest from there. I can train, I can train the right person. Um, some of my best staff I've gotten out of, they were waitresses and waiters. Because um, they understand people. They understand people, they understand customer service. Um, Lauren, who's been with me for four years, um, she's the longest person, at, the longest term employee. Um, I found her in the Outback Steakhouse, right? I was so impressed with how she took my order. She didn't write it down. Like it was in her head. She made, she followed up. She made sure I was okay. If something wasn't right, she was able to pick up on it. And I believe that that is a transferable skill, that customer service piece. Yeah. Um, I even did wait, a little bit of waitressing when I was in college and I was an excellent waitress, right? Because that customer service skill was something that I, I, was, I did well. And again, it's something that you can transfer over into another field. I can teach you title as long as you're Customer service piece is something that can't be taught and you just have to, you have to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me ask you this, uh, your journey from, you know, wanting to study law, um, you know, getting into the title business along this journey, what would you say has been a hurdle or something that you had to overcome to get you to where you are today? Um, The color of my skin, right? Okay. So when I go to a lot of conferences, I'm Ask, you know, oh, what company do you work for? Who's your boss? And, you know, I always, <laughs> and I'm always very humble, um, and, you know, and saying, you know, no, I'm the owner. You know, this is my company. Um, you know, I'm not the employee. So um, my skin color has been the, the biggest challenge just because there's not a lot of us in this business. And it's hard to get people to, um, you know, take you seriously. And say, okay, you know, you're actually doing title and you're doing it well. Um, but yeah, my skin color. No, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I can imagine that because there's also not a lot of folks for you to talk to that can understand maybe some of the struggles or, or your journey or, you know, because. In this specific a, field. <laughs> listen, you're, you're a trailblazer. So being a trailblazer at times is kind of lonely. It's kind of lonely, right? Yeah, you get clipped right. a lot. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I enjoy what I do. Um, you have to be passionate, passionate about this work because um, title can be, you know, a little boring because you're constantly reading, um, constantly um, looking at legal descriptions and things that just are not fun things to look at, right? But if you're passionate about your end goal, and the end goal is to eventually help as many people as we can become homeowners and help as many investors as we can. Um, that passion is what continues to drive me um, in doing what I do. You know. So what's the payoff? What's the what's the most uh, like, you know, what's the most enjoyable part? I think I know your answer. What's going to be the, what's the most enjoyable part about the work that you do? Um, Closing day, right? When you get to that table and you have a buyer that gives you flowers or gives you a thank you card and just says, you know, thank you for explaining the documents to me because I had no idea what I was looking at. Or someone that says, hey, you know, my file was messed up, but, you know, I'm grateful to be here. Like, it's moments like that. And you, you know, you take the picture in front of our wall and everybody's celebrating. Um, we had a settlement, I believe, about six months ago with a, a young lady. She had seven kids, right? Mm -hmm. All seven of her kids were at the table. And, you know, every time another child came in, I was just like, Jesus, like, this settlement room is getting crowded. <laughs> what I realized is that it was important for her 
to have her kids see her buy a house. You know, mm -hmm. look at me signing these papers. I mean, it was a very emotional moment mm -hmm. um, that I still remember, but it was important for, for her kids to see it so that they had an example, you know, and, you know, they can probably at some point buy a house on their own. So it's, it's, it's the closing table for me. It's the pictures at the end. Everybody's happy, regardless of what you had to go through in the beginning, you know, submitting paperwork or if there was an issue on title, dealing with the lender. None of that matters when you get to the closing table because everybody's happy. They're excited. You can give the keys over to the, you know, the new owner. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's really a good feeling. It really yeah. is. I figured that's what you would say because you're literally helping families create wealth in, in general. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So and when they bring their kids to the table, it's like, wow, you know, like yeah. I didn't have that opportunity growing up. I didn't know what, you know, what it was like to go to a closing table. So to mm -hmm. see that, you know, it makes it, it makes it worth it. Definitely. Okay. So Keisha, what is um your favorite book or a book that's inspired you along your journey? Something that you like that you, you know, got some value from. So my favorite book is Grit. I don't know if you've heard of it by Angela Duckworth. And that this particular book was given. Um, so you don't know this, but I had a newspaper route um, from the time I went to college up until about maybe five years ago, about 20 plus years. Um, I did the newspaper route in the early mornings. I got up at like two o'clock in the morning from two to six every morning, 365 days. Mm. I was delivering newspapers, right? I did it because the income was good. It was the only income that you could make at that time of the morning and still be able to be productive during your, during your day and to do other things. Um, one of my customers on my paper route, he said, there's something about you. You have that grit. And I didn't know what he meant when he said it until the day that I, I finished my last day of serving papers. He gave me a book called Grit by Angela Duxworth. And when I read the book, I realized, I said, wow, you know, this is me. You know, he said, you know, you're constantly pounding every day, day in and day out. You're doing a good job. You're making a job work. Even though I was delivering papers, you know, I was the best paper delivery person out there. My customers and clients loved me. And um, this customer actually saw that and actually ended up giving me that book. So I try to read that book at least once a year. Um, just to refresh myself, to give me a little bit of motivation, because in any business that you're trying to do, even if you're working a job, you got to have the grit. You got to be motivated. You got to be passionate. You have to want to do it to be successful. Oh, that's an amazing story. That's an amazing yeah. story. So um, I actually didn't let. Yeah, I didn't let the um, paper out go. So when I started the business in 2008, you know, naturally you have your challenges with finances and trying to get a business up and running. Um, didn't have business funding that was available like it is today. So working that full time, working the paper route, which gave me full time income, allowed me to start my business, to still pay employees because I didn't take a salary from my business for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like 2016 that I let the paper out go. And then, I, you know, the business was able to actually pay me and was able to sustain itself. Nice. Nice. That's an amazing story. Um, So, Corey, you have any more questions you want to ask your brother? No, I mean, um, a, a paper route is something like my wife wanted to do a paper route. Really? She wanted to do it. And I was like, hell 
don't know what's kind of dangerous <laughs> out here in these streets. Like, you know, 2022 was in 2022. This was in, I'm going to say, my, my first one was just being born. So this was like 2006, 2007. Okay. And she was trying to do a paper route. And I was like, well, right. we got to get up at 1 a.m. Because you're not going out there by yourself, especially right. not in the beginning. But she the actually she actually started doing it. And I was like, oh, this is this is that thing. Like, cause like once you get the, the routines and stuff down, and then when she was getting them checks, I was like, damn, I didn't know the paper route pay like this. Like, <laughs> whoa. like, so I get it. Like, I get yeah, it. So it was, when you said it was good, I was like, Yeah, you must have been you must have been really you was taking multiple routes too. You had to- oh yeah, I had um I don't know, 18 routes, right? You said so mm-hmm. I made a business out of it. Yeah. So I contracted 18 routes and then I started hiring other people to run the routes for me. Uh, um, yes, you're right. Getting up at that time was a concern, but I was out in like Delaware County, out in Villanova, Maine. Yeah. So crime out there is not like, right? So I wasn't fearful to be out there that time of the night. But I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, I cut, I cut close to six figures one year just having a newspaper route. So yeah. the money was very lucrative. And again, you know, from two to six in the morning, the only thing, other thing you could be doing is sleeping, right? Yeah. So you know, I took that. Try yeah. to you know do other things. Yeah, that's a that's an important part of your journey, though. That allowed you to do what you do now. Yes, for sure, for sure. So let's talk about this though. You know, I've I've given you a flower. I always give you flowers when I see you too, because I just appreciate you so much. But what is the future like? So, what are some of the things you're looking to do in the future with Quick Abstract? Are you just looking to grow? Like, what what are your plans for the future um, of your business? So, um, plan our plans for the future uh, will be licensed in New Jersey come the end of this month. Nice. Uh, we're going to be in Baltimore. Yes, thank you. We're going to be in Baltimore come January. Woo, let's go. Yeah. So I would like six states and the reason why i hire young people is because eventually um i want them to be able to run these offices right so like lauren who i talked about she's going to run the office in baltimore justice probably in two years will be running the office here in philadelphia so my goal is to just have multiple offices because again there's not a lot of black owned and operated title companies and the only way to change that dynamic is to, to change it yourself. So that's why I'm passionate about training up the young people because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not getting mm-hmm. any younger. Um, and it's important that our younger generation in their 20s and 30s get to experience, you know, with what that looks like. Man, listen, I, I just want to, you know, again, yeah. say salute to you for like, because yeah, now right. like you, you're empowering our, our young folks, right? And that's important. Yeah. No, that's, that's crazy. So I have one more question. Yes, Corey. Answer it any way you want to. What do the okay. hours? What does the hours look like? So, what does your day look like? Now, I'm I trying to get somebody a job, Corey. Why don't you just cut to the chase, man? You trying to get somebody a job, man? You know, I work with young people, so. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I typically day here at Quick Abstract, right? But we have, you know, I can I can be here from twelve to fifteen hours a day, depending on what's going on. I do not make it a requirement for our employees to stay later or to come earlier. But for some reason, I have employees that will come early, stay later because they just enjoy what they do. So a typical work day, I always tell them, I don't want you to 
working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week because sometimes it's warranted, you know, to keep the business flowing and to be able to provide that service. But for, you know, an average employee, 40 hours is all we require. If you want to work more, you can because the work is here. Um, and we're constantly busy, you know, files. Um, but, you know, it's a 40-hour work week. For me, maybe 60 to 70. Yeah, no, because, again, I work with young people. So I'm working mm -hmm. with kids that are um, fresh out of high school. That's why I asked about the requirements and then the hours, mm -hmm. right? Because, um, you know, I'm... I'm always looking to, to put young people on to a space. Hell, I might need a job in a couple months. This is the way this economy is going. I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, look, you want to open the office right around the corner right. because I need, you know what I mean? I might need a job at some point. So I need to know what those hours look like. You know what I mean? Right, so, right, right. So, you know, but for the very most part, it's because I work with young people and, you right. know, they're always looking for opportunities. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to tell them what that opportunity looks like. So no, that's that's core. Yeah, we have um some part-time staff too. Like, you know, some of our staff, they have other jobs. They may work at night. Um, or sometimes they might work over the weekend. So I mean, we're very flexible. Again, um, I just want people that want to be here, right? They want to yep. be are passionate about doing this job. Because if you're not, it's it's not gonna work. You know, it's just going to be another job that you're going, you know, okay, I'm just punching the clock, you know, leaving at five o'clock. And for the most part, I don't have um, team members that, that, that do that. They actually want to stay and, you know, it's, it's just a driven desire. so big and it's not even yeah. about money. No. It's, a, it's more about, you know, the energy, right? Because, again, this is my thing. Human energy is more important yeah. than anything in the world, right? Yeah. Like, when you come to a place that got the right energy, the yes. things that you can do are, are endless. Yeah, endless. So we endless. have a good vibe here. You know, we're playing our neo soul music, and people come in and they're like, "Oh, you know, it's a good vibe." And the, you know, the team members that work here, they they feel that. So it's not like it doesn't seem like, "Oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow." Like it's never like that in here. Um, I have people ask us all the time, is everybody in here related? And I said, no, <laughs> no, we're a family. You know? Related by the work. <laughs> by the work. You know, we take care of each other. We look out. Somebody's having a bad day. We celebrate birthdays. Um, you know, a lot of, of the team members that, that, that are here, they have other passions outside of title, right? So I have one gentleman, he likes to dance, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll go support him on the weekend. Or I have one, you know, team member, she likes to sing. So we'll go support her. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like a family vibe that, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you know, I'm going to support it. You know, it doesn't have to be title. That's a great thing if it is. But, you know, they have other things that they're into and we support it um, yeah. in any way that we can. Oh, that's amazing. And I think yeah. it's also important, Corey. The reason I think that was a great question is because um, within the real estate space, there are so many uh, jobs or ways to create income for yourself. And I think it's important to like show some of the non-traditional, because a lot of people don't even know what a title company is. When you talk about yeah. that, again, yeah. my series of questions was like, what do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's why I said those are excellent questions because title appraisal mortgage, like a lot, a lot of people know what a real estate agent is, right? A lot of people know that, but they don't know all the other parts that work, you know, um, within hand that, hand space. With that agent to make the, yeah. the final from the, the buyer to the seller, yeah, no matter who those two parties are. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people that eat off a transaction, but it's important to show, like, you know, um, 
what you guys do, because as Keisha mentioned, their work is very, very important in that process. So right. Keisha, I just want to say thank you. This was an excellent conversation. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing those gems about title. I'm pretty sure some of our listeners will learn something. Listen, if um, you're in the Philadelphia area and if you're in Jersey and Baltimore now, we're going to be yes. able to see you soon, too. So what yes. I'm going to do is I'll take all of Keisha's information. I'll put it within the description and in the show notes if you're listening to the audio. Make sure you reach out with any questions about title. Um, listen, I, I've, you know, I vouch for them a hundred percent. So a lot of times when I bring people on here, there are people that I actually use in business. So I use quick abstract, like, you know, I use core inspection. I use these people because they're people that look like us that have built great businesses. So, um, I want to wish you like much, don't much. Just, don't forget Justin. Hey, 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 listen, yeah. Justin, Justin, a contract. Listen, everybody, like every part of my transaction is someone that looks like me that's getting a piece of it. That's, <laughs> the, that's the way I personally operate. And listen, even as a brokerage, I'm with Mosaic. It's folks that yes. look like me, right? So I'm, 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 you know, very um passionate about that. So I get excited when I have our folks on that are um, you know, building these businesses and doing great work like Keisha does. And you know, I'm always I'm always sending folks your way. So I just want to say yeah. uh, continue success, continue Thank success. You. And you know you got our support 110%. Yeah, so again for your time, Keish. We want to say thank you again for your time because we know how valuable that is. Um, and again, you know, if anybody has any questions, make sure to reach out to Quick Abstract. I will put all their information so you can contact them. But um, yeah, so Keisha, just want to say thanks. No, thank you guys. Thank you, Corey, Jimmy, appreciate you. Absolutely. And for our audience out there. As we yes. always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Make sure to check out Quick Abstract. We love you all. Peace.